Hello and welcome to the opening ceremony for episode 36 of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast about vintage and modern Transformers as well as other toy lines from the 80s and 90s and occasionally their modern incarnations. July and August are traditionally convention season in the toy collecting sphere and our spreadsheet has told us that the time is right for us to come together from far and wide for this episode. As always, I'm joined by my two fellow show attendees. First up, a man who'd queue for hours just to get a show-exclusive flavour of pot noodle, as long as it wasn't in the morning. It's the boy in adult cosplay, Liam from Toybox Soapbox. Man, now I want to go to a pot noodle convention. You need to go as a pot noodle. A transforming pot noodle, like the Diet Coke. No, a fiendish feet. You need to go as a fiendish (gasps) feet. Oh, we go as a fiendish foot each. Yeah, or a toilet. (laughs) Alongside him, it's the man who regularly has a queue of fans to sign autographs for, and he'll be revealing his upcoming range of new carpet merch at his panel. It's 6-0 from 6-0. See, I feel like now that you've suggested that, there's going to be a a fairly palpable level of disappointment at TFN soon when I turn up without carpet samples. What have you done? Why are you suggesting that? I'm Mass from TF Square One. In case you haven't already guessed, this episode is all about toy conventions. Everything from exclusives to panels, seeing old friends, the pre-show anticipation and the post-show lurgies. What's shaking, lads? Other than this fortress? Yeah, other than this fortress, what's shaking? <laughs> uh, not too much, actually, at the moment. I mean, it was only the other day that we were recording, actually, wasn't it? So this feels like a little extra bonus treat, but very excited to be talking conventions. I'm lost now we're on some sort of schedule. I'm kind of confused. Uh, we're getting organised, mate. Have you not seen the spreadsheet? Yeah, the spreadsheet. Got to stick to it. I did. I just couldn't work it out. I saw a lot of red, <laughs> red Liams and the occasional red mass in there. <laughs> I love that we maintain a blooming spreadsheet now, only for Liam to regularly ask what the deal is or whatever. And then it's like, have you looked at the spreadsheet, mate? No, no. But then I must have looked at them at some point, because I'm sure I've seen at least two of them. It's when you always require a link to the spreadsheet that it <laughs> makes me chuckle like you haven't figured it out yet. But never mind. Can you imagine how many times over the TFN weekend people are going to approach him about things he said on the pod that he's got oh, no recollection of? Absolutely. All the time. All the time. Well, we do it, don't we? We're like, do you remember when you said that in that episode? And he's like, no, did I? What? And it's like the one that we just recorded. I, I was in them. I, I don't need to listen to them. <laughs> Bless you. That sounds like, uh, like an old washed up drug addled movie star who doesn't know anything about the roles he'd done throughout his career. He's like, <laughs> I think I was in it. Yeah. I can't wait to see him at TFN in the breakfast room because there's going to be like people lining up to see what he's choosing yes! to go on his plate. Live tweeting it. <laughs> yeah. oh, people getting Instagrams of Liam's breakfast. The sad thing is it's entirely predictable because it's like it is each year I've been. It's just a plate of hash, hash browns. browns. Yeah. That's all it is. That actually doesn't sound too bad. Hashtag hash brown. One of them tomato things. I don't know what they're, what they're called. They're sort of red tomatoes. But they're like Ketchup. not... Not normal tomatoes. It's mostly apple and sugar. (laughs) Is it not just tomatoes? Is that (laughs) not what you're talking about? Actual tomatoes. Like the really soft ones. What are they called? Are they like plum tomatoes or something like that? You get them on breakfast. It's like a, I don't know. Jam. Are you referring to jam? Tomatoes. That's cooked tomatoes. No, no, they don't have the skin on. They're like, you know, like a monster from Trapdoor or something like that, but they're red. That's kind of. I don't know. You have, they're always in breakfast. What are they? Are they plum tomatoes? No, plum oh, tomatoes are little ones. What are I want to be at the breakfast hall when he is describing that <laughs> to someone who works there. I know. Who asking where they are this year. Wait till I start my TikTok. <laughs> Only you would describe breakfast foods via way of an 80s cartoon. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like a reference point. Bless you. Yeah, well, do you know, speaking of that Hilton breakfast, that's a subject I want to get into a little bit today because that's legendary. That's a that's a big part of the TFN experience, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a landmark thing. 
It really is. It's like a rite of passage. Like if you get a weekend ticket or whatever, you've got to go through the breakfast room. That's a, that's a big part of it. Even I went for it, and I'm not a big breakfast guy, as you know. <laughs> so It's worth going just to see how people, some people anyway, cope with hangovers in the breakfast room. That's my experience. <laughs> like I, I, There's one of our friends who shall remain nameless, and I remember one morning he came down looking the worst for wear. I've, I mean, just awful, looking like the worst I'd seen anybody in years like proper sort of green around the gills, you know? And uh, and it was like, you're right, mate, you're okay? And he, he did that thing that people do when they're hungover where they're like, try and put a little brave face on and they're like, yeah, all, all good, yep. And they're like sitting down and trying to eat something and just like wanting to crawl up and die on the cold floor, you know? Yeah. Having fallen asleep in their drink last night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and it's just, it's watching people trying to put like a really brave face on at breakfast that always amuses me. And I've been one of those people myself, so what yeah. am I saying? And the thing is, that queasiness that I felt on, um, I think it's even from Saturday morning <laughs> after the Friday night. Yeah. I'm still feeling that on the Sunday in a car ride home, and I always get like borderline car sick on the way home because I still don't feel quite right after the previous night's hangover. Maybe the train will be different this year. Maybe. Are you getting the train back this year? Yes, I'm getting the train back. Because you're getting a lift up with me, aren't you? But then the train home. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might be right. Well, not really a lift up. It's a lift across, really, for you, isn't it? It is. It's kind. Of, yeah. Now it's kind of across, I guess. So yeah, sort of adjacent, but it'll be fun. See, I don't get hangovers, so I get to enjoy everybody else. You know, suffering. Isn't it only called a hangover if the alcohol consumption ever stops? I was going to say. I think that's the trick. I've got one of the people I can't sleep when I've had too much to drink. So I think it just wears off because I have like thirty minutes of sleep and then just carry on as normal. And so I think it just fades out my system gradually. Well, I'm really glad we're doing the panel on a Friday then. And, yeah. And relatively yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As I recall, last year we were on Saturday for the panel, wasn't it? Last year, mate. Not last year or last time. Not last year. It's last eon ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I had a sudden moment there where I was like, last year. And then I was like, my brain just kind of went, hang on a minute. Da, 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 da. No, it was like three years ago. Do you know, it's just mad, isn't it? Did we do our panel at the last TFN or was it the prior to last TFN? Prior I can't to even last remember. It was it prior last to last? Yeah. Was it not? It was the first oh. one I was there for the weekend. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a legendary weekend. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I remember meeting you for the first time. I'm sure I've told this story before. But That was the one before. That was the was one it, before. Was that the one yeah. before that? That's the one I turned up for a day. Have you been to three? Yeah. Is it three now? Yeah, I'm getting the big three. That's where I'm getting. The big three. <laughs> I've gone wow. past the terrible twos. You can tell I've got absolutely no concept of time, can't you? I've got, honestly, like in my head, yeah, the last one is is not that long ago, but I guess, is it two years or three years now? It's got to be th- three. This will be... It was 2019, it? the last one. Yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah, 20 was off, wasn't it? Because of the old mm. pandemic, 21. Same. And here we are, 22. Bloody hell. Where's that gone? I think we should just leave that silence in (laughs) for gravitas. That's just a little uh, moment of silence to reflect the passage of time there. With the years we've lost. Yes, indeed. A minute ago, we were talking about let's make this uplifting and exciting. Now we were talking (laughs) about (laughs) that time we've lost. Definitely leaving it in. Definitely leaving (laughs) it in. Yeah. Anyway, passage of time concerns aside, let's talk about our sponsor for the evening. That is, of course, the wonderful tfsource.com, who you can check out for all your Transformers and third-party needs as ever. We'll do a little longer segment on them in the middle of the pod. And if you are enjoying our content and would like more of our content, then please take yourself to patreon.com forward slash triple takeover for said extra content. Now, that includes 
early release episode access. You might be listening to this one early, just before you head up to TF Nation or any other conventions in your country. You could get a Sixos Butler exclusive commissioned in your name. You can listen to all the other ones that have been commissioned. And we've got 27 of them now, right? By the time this one's live. Something like that. Anyway, it's loads. You can vote in polls for upcoming episodes. You can listen to outtakes. And you can ask a question that will be uh, answered live on the pod. So if you want more, you can get more. And then we can do more. So that's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And something that's extra exciting is that not for this episode, because this one is already live, like you're listening to this now, so that wouldn't count. But for the episode following this one, we have a bit of a change to our regular schedule. Because previously, what we've done is we've always made the early access for new episodes on the Thursday prior to the Tuesday when they go live. Like they always go live every other Tuesday publicly. And we've always put them out on Patreon on the Thursday before that. Apart from that one time it went out on the Friday. Apart from that one time, was that when you were on your jollies or was yeah, that was when... I came back from my jollies and I was just too broken to get it done the first day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe it was when Liam had to build a hot tub or something, but... Uh... Hey, man, important things. Contributing factors. <laughs> yeah. We all have very important things going on. Yeah, many things happening. Busy lives, busy lives. But yeah, so prior to this, always been the Thursday, early access. Now it's going to be the Tuesday before the Tuesday. So we go live. <laughs> it's confusing, isn't it? We go live on a Tuesday, but for Patreons, they're going to get it a full week early, is what I'm saying. So that is like every tier above, there's like tier two to tier four, isn't it? And they will all get new episodes a whole week early prior to it going live. So a full extra week to listen to the content. So if you want to be in that club, you've got to get on the Patreon. You mentioning uh, Liam's hot tub has just reminded me that for those of you who don't listen to the mini surge, you missed the wonderful occasion where Liam was actually in the hot tub prior to recording, and then he turned up to the recording in his PJs. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? I forgot that. That was super chill, though. That was nice. You know, I was ready for bed. I was ready for some chill times. I don't know why I turned up to a podcast ready for bed. But... <laughs> what made me laugh about that is that that is the evening routine for my son, like a bath and get into his PJs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hey, hey. <laughs> like you rock it up for the podcast. I've always said he's a cool kid. And also, my pajamas were awesome. My Street Fighter pajamas. That's they cool. were. Yeah. They're about as cool as his pajamas, actually. <laughs> See? Kindred spirit. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And if you want to turn up to a convention in some primo clobber, my little triple takeover file of facts here has got the perfect <laughs> place for you to visit. If you head over to rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore, you can find all sorts of triple takeover merchandise. You know, you can turn up to our panel at TF Nation wearing t shirts and stuff like that. We've got aprons. There's all sorts of stuff that I make up that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> like the file of facts. That's all the illusion. But you know, there's all sorts of things, exciting things, t shirts aprons clothing the legendary leggings backpacks one person has actually threatened to turn up to our panel in their apron on the friday of tf nation they have they have threatened or offered looking forward to it andy i'm excited by that (laughs) yeah make it happen man you want to wear the shower curtain yeah i hope someone turns up in a full-on razor beast costume or something like that (laughs) like a proper man in pig scenario that's what i'm really kind of hoping for maybe i'm setting my sights too high i don't know well, didn't we have a plan for how we'd sort of come out on stage as well? Uh, I think there was some discussion about that, yeah. I forget now, though. Wrestling style. I actually got a pair of, a pair of white gloves with a recent third-party purchase, so maybe I'll <laughs> put, put those on and come as my own butler. Cosplaying as your own butler. <laughs> Why not? Turn up in a DJ. Why didn't I think of that for the intro? That's great. Is yeah. your butler going to come as Sixer? 
Maybe I might not give him the day off. I don't know. Well, more on that later. But yeah, if you would like to find this legend. <laughs> Oh, it sounds so ridiculous when someone else says it. But yeah, if you'd like to get a novelty clock with Triple Takeover on it, the address is again redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Triple Takeover forward slash explore. Explore. Who's got time for that? As we said at the start of the episode, it is now basically convention season, whether it's uh, TFCon, SDCC, or TF Nation that's going on where you are. And uh, we decided that for this episode, we wanted to have a tone of positivity and anticipation and excitement because that's genuinely what we feel when it leads up to a convention that we're attending. So, lads, why would someone go to a toy convention? <laughs> that's a really good question. I, I think I was in this boat actually probably. I was going to say three years ago, but it's not blooming three years ago, is it? It's whenever it was, probably like however many years, I don't know. A while back, I had not been to, I had been to a toy convention actually, and you just reminded me in the the pre-recording preamble that I had been to a couple of things like this Mm. before, but but many, many, many moons ago. I think in my, certainly in my more adult life, let's say, I I felt like I'd not not been to one and obviously went to TFN for the first time. And uh, yeah, it's... it can feel like a bit of a daunting prospect on your first venture, but I think once you're there and into it, you realise just how much fun it is, actually. So I'm sure that the well, I would imagine that there would be people listening to this as well that are like kind of into collecting or transformers or whatever it might be, but would never consider going to an event like this, or maybe they're a bit apprehensive about it or whatever. But it's just good fun. It's just very exhilarating, enjoyable, relaxed weekend or day or however long you go for spent with some surprisingly like-minded people it's like all the kind of things that you enjoy suddenly sharing it with other folks isn't it is that a fair assessment do you think yeah i think that's spot on it is just fun it's more about the people i think yeah because every time i've gone you do talk to someone but not very much you talk to the people you meet who, who you know online or in person or whatever yeah, yeah and he's yeah. just meeting them with friends and you talk about all the stuff you would with any other friends and I think that this is the thing about the convention is the Transformers thing, it brings you in, but it's not what keeps you there right. or why you come back. You come back yeah. to hang out with your friends and just have a laugh more than anything else. It's like it's like the start for 10 almost, isn't it? It's like it gets yeah. you going, but it goes on beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Rob from work, he's coming to this because he's a big Transformers fan, but he's never been. And I keep saying that I can't stress this enough to you that once you get there, the Transformers stuff, it sort of just goes to the side and you'll be sat with people chatting about everything and you just have such a great time. You won't want to go home. It's that level of fun. That is absolutely it. I think it's a, it's a very immersive bubble that you end up in. Mm. And it might be a little bit unusual initially because you think this is so far outside my daily life. This is a, a very specific crowd and event I've come to, which is almost a bit like living the dream, but it doesn't quite feel right because I'm here <laughs> when I could and should maybe be doing something else more responsible or or quote unquote normal, but I'm here with other collectors. So A, I've been found out <laughs> and B, I've decided to lean into it. Uh, and as soon as that feeling dissipates a little bit, when you see the kind of people around you are, you know, just like you, they like the same things, it becomes something that you don't want to leave. And then on subsequent years, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I've started to always think about how I can extend this experience and come a little bit earlier, leave a little bit later, just to let this feeling and yeah, this experience last a bit longer. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think it's very telling that 
you know, for all the kind of conventions and that that I've been to, that there are often people actually that very often don't go to all the panels or whatever. Not that I'm suggesting that you shouldn't because there are always good panels or whatever. But my, my point is that there are people that go just for the social aspect of it. You know, that they're the, the actual kind of event, as it were. Yes, there are things they want to see and do. Of course there are. But that is is sort of a either an adjacent or even secondary motivation to actually just being in the same building as a bunch of fun, like-minded people. Yeah, that is the main draw. I think it is just being around people who like a similar thing to you, but it, it's just having a common thread, isn't it, more than anything else? Yeah, I think so. There's no question that knowing people in advance who you'll meet up with, whether you've met them before or not, does bring an, an extra dimension to it. I guess that's why we generally as a community and as a fandom, we do recommend that people engage on social media. They engage on forums and get to know other fans if not purely to sort of help build a network of people that you buy and sell toys from, then also to have someone to share the experience with. Even though I know there are collectors who come to these shows who don't usually interact online, and this is their one collecting activity of the year, maybe they just come in early, they buy the toys they need, they might come with their own family and sort of stay quite insular during the event if that's the way they, they like to do it. But I have almost always seen a desire from attendees, especially first-time attendees, to improve that experience and be a part of a group. And obviously, you know, we've had people uh, say is you know to us individually uh, and before this podcast, do you mind if I sort of hang out with you guys? I don't know anyone else because they know it will make for a different experience. You know, people go for meals together between panels. People just hang out and you want to feel like you can approach people in the bar area or in the hotel lobby area to be part of what from the outside look like really engaging, fun discussions. Yeah. And that bar really is the nexus, isn't it, of all yes. of this? Yeah. But, but it's all the people are around there. And it is like you were saying there, you want to feel like you see different people, you know, and you can go over and talk to them and sit with different people, have different conversations, move around, have different things. And it really is just an excuse to hang out with friends. That I think that's broadly. And to make friends. Is. Yeah, and to make new ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you do meet a lot of people there as well. It's not it's not all pre-existing relationships and friendships and things like that. And I think you know, you just kind of get into conversations with people or or sometimes you know, you're just chat like chatting in a group or chatting with someone and you realize that actually the person you're speaking to, you have already spoken to online. And you know, you it just dawns on you halfway through a conversation of like Oh, you're so and so, you know, from from wherever, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's me. You know, it, it's funny how often that happens. So I think it's just it's a very kind of organic experience, as you said, that just happens quite naturally, actually. And and the bar is definitely the nexus of all of it. Like you could honestly, you know, if ever you're kind of at a, a sort of lost point, or you're like, oh, I don't know where anyone I know is, or whatever, just kind of head to the bar and just see what's up, or just do a little tour of the dealer room or whatever, and you, you bump into someone, don't you? Yeah. That's especially the case for TF Nation. In other conventions I've been to, um, it can quite often be the dealer room. So people will sort of congregate in certain clumps in the dealer room and they will go around the dealer room together and sort of check out toys at the table. And then they'll have like naturally occurring conversations about different Transformers toys that will lead on to other conversations that might then carry over to lunch or to the bar or something like that if there is a bar. And like prior to these really big weekend-long conventions, my experiences were just one-day events, maybe up in Chesant, you know, if it was Decepticon or Collectomania or something in Milton Keynes or in Birmingham. And just all these shows, you know, they're all different, but there's typically always a congregation point, even if there's not a hotel lobby. There's, there's, you know, 
there's interaction that takes place everywhere. I know one of my anchors at these shows is usually certain dealer tables where I know the dealers. And that's where I used to be because that's where I used to work. I used to help dealers at these shows. But the more people you get to know, the more you want to enjoy the show experience. And then I made a decision to no longer help a dealer at the show because it took away from the opportunity to just drop everything you're doing and say, yeah, sure, I'll come with this group to lunch or yeah, I'll go and meet this guy at the bar. And so just being open to that is is really helpful for this experience. And yeah, don't worry if you don't know a lot of fans. I remember one time there there was a, a guy sitting at the bar completely alone and uh, a one other attendee said to me in a slightly cynical, slightly amusing, but also kind of profound way, it's a shame that that person isn't surrounded by other people with a shared interest. And I know he said it as a joke because it was just like an isolated person surrounded by other people having conversations about the very thing that they had attended for. But um, certainly I've not seen anyone just be blanket rejected from a group of other fans. I don't think you can really attend one of these shows if that's going to be your attitude. I don't think people come with that mindset. No, I don't think so, because you do... I mean, even as much as like you can be in the dealer room and just get started up a conversation with someone that's at the same table as you are over something that they're looking at. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I know I've had it where I've initiated conversations with people because, you know, they're looking at, at something or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you're going to buy it then? Or, you know, are you interested in that? Or oh, that's a good toy or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And, and you just mm. kind of, you just get a little bit of banter going, you know, that's, that's literally as complicated as it gets at times. Um, so I think, you know, there's always something to talk about that kind of presents yeah. itself. And, uh, you know, like any situation, of course, there are people that you speak to and people that you don't or whatever, but it's, it's all good. Course, it's, a, yeah. it's a really sociable event. It's, it's very kind of easygoing and very accepting, I would say. There's no, ugh, I haven't perceived one anyway, like kind of social hierarchy or kind of, you know, it's not, it's not mean girls. There's like none of that no. going on, you know, it's, uh, it, it's very forgiving really in terms of who you are, you know, wh- where you come from, what you're interested in, all of that kind of stuff. None of that matters. You're just there yeah. to appreciate the robots, really. Everyone you're there with has the same shared interest as well. So yeah. wherever you are, if you look to your left, the person next to you is there for a similar reason to your right. It's everyone around you. So even if you're not going to be best friends with someone, it's dead easy to just turn and look at someone and have a quick chat about something like someone picks up a toy, you can say, well, that's cool. And then you, yeah, you yeah. get a conversation, don't you? Like in the bar, there are lots of people who have toys on table and stuff, so it's easy to just walk up. And- yeah, just walk over and uh, be like, uh, huh, robots, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or, you, you know, we quite often have to share the convention space with other groups. I mean, we've had quilters. Oh, man. You know what? I found out my aunt attends <laughs> you know, attends the Hilton the same weekend that we have in the past no. as the a quil- quilter. The quilter. I'd never seen her there. Is she a quilter? Yes. Oof, and she'd wow. been there at the Hilton at the convention. I had no idea. I was about to say something about the quilters there, but I don't think I will now. Lovely people. Salt of the earth. <laughs> I mean, is it worse than the salsa people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought actually that the quilters were slightly more suggestive than the salsa people, may I say. They were a little bit more, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some of the conversations that I ha- heard or witnessed with mm. some of the quilting ladies over that weekend, I was slightly surprised by. I remember being in a lift with you with, with some of the quilting ladies yeah. at one point. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think th- I think there was a, a joke about going down. In the elevator or something with one of them? I forget. I don't know. But uh, yeah, they were entertaining. Let's say that. Wow. So you don't just have to watch out for 6-0 getting to your dad and getting to your collection. You have to watch out for 6-0 getting to your aunt as well. 
to your nan. Good heavens. <laughs> Getting to your dad. What what kind of portrait are you painting? <laughs> it's just you, you, you down a country lane at someone's house you met on eBay, making friends with their dad, walking off with their collection for a steal because you got lucky. Oh, is that the joke now? Is that the joke? Even your aunt's collection isn't safe. <laughs> well, there's some element of this that is based in reality, that's based in truth, but I fear that you're painting it in a particular light that, you know, leads us all down a, a metaphorical country lane, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the quilters were fun. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Do you know, I think um, I think what I love most about these shows is the the bubble aspect, that the show takes place usually in a hotel and everyone stays mostly in that hotel. So you wake up and you're in the environment, you eat in this environment, you live in this environment, you spend your whole day, multiple days in this environment, and you just exist in this sphere of happiness. And yeah. you, you were saying about, Liam, being at a place where everyone's there for a shared interest. I mean, I've been to car shows like the Autosport International Show and Top Gear shows and stuff like that. And it's different because those are more socially acceptable hobbies traditionally. But when you go to something like a Transformers convention, or in the past I've been to like a, a Babylon 5 convention, it's not <laughs> the kind of thing that everyone like will go to. So when you see people there, it's almost like this is our time. You know, This is our place to enjoy this hobby collectively. And look, I can have a really in-depth conversation with someone I've never met about my hobby. And that's a great, liberating, unforgettable experience. And I think it's the kind of thing that brings you back time and time again. And when we leave, we're all like, oh, when's the next one? Because you've just got to live your very best hobby life for a weekend. About Babylon 5. Yeah, loved it. Where was that? I've never even heard That was Shepherd's Bush. It was Babcom 95 or something. Babcon. Babcon. Yeah. Babcom. Com. Babcom. I love everything. the fact that everything's called Con. I'm amazed there isn't one called Decepticon. There was a show called there Decepticon. Was. There was, yeah. yeah, yeah there it was. was run by the same people who, like, the Showmasters people, I think. Uh, yeah, Decepticon was up in Cheshunt <laughs> in London. Yeah. Do, you, do you think there's ones for people who are fans of donkeys called DonkeyCon? No doubt, mate. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, there must be. If there isn't, someone's heard that now, and it's, it's a done deal. Yeah. It's a done deal. In- Nintendo yeah. coming with the legal paper straight away. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I-, I imagined it would be like an LCD gaming convention. That's what I thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. I'm still reeling from the Babylon 5 revelation, i got yeah. to tell you. I don't know what to do with that information. Hey, man, that was a great show. I got like stuff from the actual actors and things. I met a yeah. school friend there who was horrified to see that someone could place oh, him man. <laughs> that show. Was he dressed as Garibaldi? Is Garibaldi a character? <laughs> Garibaldi. That a I met Garibaldi, actually. Oh, really? Rest in peace. Oh, okay. That's the one name I know from Babylon 5. See, I yeah. feel like I want to take the Mickey, but I feel like that's not in the spirit of what you've just say, been saying about conventions. <laughs> hey, and- no shame. Man. I love that show, and that convention was wicked. Those people were so funny on stage and so removed from what most people went there to see. I mean, they were mocking attendees uh, for asking far too in-depth questions, but it, it was it was a really nice um insight into what this scene is and it kind of made That's me wish that I'd, I'd spent more time going to things like this and it opened the door to to then doing Farscape. this on my own yeah i love <laughs> get to farscape con i would be stargate next as well oh. also love that would totally yeah man we're gonna get you down a, a, a b movie sci-fi rabbit hole at this point do you know that is um 
perfect opportunity for me to say um, how sad I was to hear of the passing of David Warner this yeah, week. Because yeah. one of the only actors I would have gone to a con to see and meet and shake his hand and just say thank you for everything he'd done. So much of what he'd done has uh, resonated with me and I've never been able to forget it. And in my work, we could quite easily have chased him down and got him to work on, on some of the stuff that we do in games and videos. And uh, we never quite had the opportunity to get him to work for us. And that would have been wonderful. But that is another wonderful thing about these conventions, the guests that they bring, the opportunity to interact with and uh, thank the creators who, who have inspired yeah. you in your, in your favorite hobby. It, that is really quite something. Uh, I think just going back a, a, a notch to what you said there about the kind of tongue-in-cheekness of it all as well. Mm. I, I love that aspect of it. I think there's actually something quite surprisingly heartwarming about seeing, you know, like names that you've, I mean, in our case, certainly been familiar with since the, you know, kind of earliest days of childhood. I'm talking about people like Bob Budiansky, obviously, that like you, you're used to seeing these names in comics and wherever. And, you know, this this is someone that had a major hand in creating the franchise that you love so much and yeah. talk about on a daily basis. And then there's something surprisingly heartwarming about seeing someone like that actively taking the mickey out of it as well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like in a kind of, in a really nice, gentle, but almost reassuringly normal way, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I very much remember someone asking a question in the crowd the year that Budiansky was there about, oh, what was the motivation of this character in this one panel of this one issue? And it was a really long-winded question, you know? And, and I think someone that was really into Transformers couldn't realistically have remembered all the specific points or followed it or whatever. But, you know, it's obviously important to this guy to be fair to him. But I remember Bob Bob just kind of responding like, I don't know, man, like this was a job for me like 35 years ago. What do you, what do you want from me kind of thing? But there's almost something I think quite reassuring about that that's quite funny and quite it's all done as you said like in a very tongue-in-cheek way but it's just i don't know it's it's lovely to to see these people even on stage or to meet them face to face and just be like wow you know these are these are great people yeah because they also bring the good stuff don't they it's yeah. not like he oh, just man. turned up and said oh, i don't remember squat he turned no, up no, no. notes and facts and the he story was exceptional and, yeah, but, was yeah he was exceptional i mean that his hand printed hand <laughs> handwritten yeah. notes on yellow he, paper on yellow paper that he put up and I will never, I took, I was like furiously snapping pictures and like, I'll never forget, you know, seeing names crossed out. So, I mean, you had the classics like spin out crossed out for Sunstreaker. Cool hand stuff lube. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, what? Ratchet. <laughs> Wasn't it cool hand lube? Was, uh, Is that was what it said? I, I can't, so, I'm not wrong. Yeah. I'll have to go back and study it. But yeah, there was some real good ones on there. I remember there was a name crossed out in favor of Windcharger, as I recall. I'll have to relook at the photograph. But uh, some just stuff like that, little tidbits that you just kind of find out or hear or whatever that are just absolutely amazing. And just hearing stories of what it was like to kind of create all that material or back in the day, you know, whether it's in his case, working for Marvel or whatever it is, you know, it's just great. Yeah. One of the great things about that, it's not just tongue in cheek, but there's no ego, is there? No. You don't generally get the impression that any of these people come here thinking they are, you know, like some sort of superstar or anything like that. They're just down to earth people and they just behave like real people. Like you see them in the bar just being normal people. I think those guests may have been filtered out over time. I think yeah. there was a time when maybe at BotCon you would get certain guests that maybe didn't leave everyone with a particularly warm and fuzzy feeling. And, and you know, that news spreads and people learn who to get and who not to get. I mean, I'll never forget some of the Sony PlayStation 
Gran Turismo racing events I did, there were certain racing drivers who would do those events who were super cool. And then there was Eddie Irvine. And um, it was like, yeah, maybe we won't invite him next time. And there's stuff like that. You know, these names will filter out through to these show organizers. And even though they might be a draw, you just wonder ultimately what feeling do you want to give the attendees? So something like TF Nation has regular attendees like James Roberts and Nick Roach as guests. And they are fans themselves. And they know exactly what attendees love to get from them. And like you said, they're in the bar, mingling with fans, being friendly, willing to talk about anything they've created in an open fashion. I mean, Andrew Griffiths has come over, Josh Perez, you know, virtually everyone from the IDW scene. We've had voice actors, Skybite's been, Peter Spelios. Mm. With those guys as well, you don't get the impression that they're just there for business. They are enjoying themselves and having a good yeah. time and being part of it being part of the convention rather than just featuring in the convention, I think. Right, definitely. I think particularly the IDW crowd are a good example because they very frequently grew up as fans of this franchise themselves. They know what it is, do you know what I mean? To kind of come, you know, they're, they're all kind of, I was going to say young, our age maybe, I don't, is that young? But they're, Weren't we they're just having all... a conversation pre-show about being 40 plus now? And uh... Don't, honestly, it's a, it's a mindset. But yeah. The old guys, it, it, so far away from me. Weren't we described this week as having the energy of two very tired dads and their uh, <laughs> their teenage son who is always tanked up on fizzy drinks and junk food? That's Wait, so accurate. That? Who said that? <laughs> it was Stuart Webb and he's bang on. That's <laughs> brilliant. That's absolutely bang on. That's brilliant. Which ones are the dads and which ones are the tanked up? Oh, I couldn't possibly say, mate. It's, <laughs> it's all just blend into one, really, don't If we? you can't Harsh work on that you guys, out, mate, honestly, I think that says everything. I've never been referred to as a dad before, but, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the guest thing, I think, is really important. Like, I mean, that really changed my opinion on these sort of things, just interacting with people like that. Because, like, when I was a kid, you know, you meet famous people and stuff. and like, Do you? Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I used to meet the gladiators all the time, like, on different <laughs> events. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. They're always at things. I live near, there used to be a theme park here called the American Adventure, and the gladiators were always there because it was, like, part of ITV or whatever. Right. I remember meeting, my favourite gladiator when I was a kid was Shadow. And I remember the one time I met him and he was like the worst person. You know, like when people just shat kids' dreams. Doesn't care about anything, just wanted money. Was like, uh... In hindsight, it was during his whole cocaine standoff. So this was probably the reason. Right. But then I went on, like the next week I went to the theme park. I went on the, the missile, which was a roller coaster, with Nightshade from Gladiators. And she was lovely. And I think it's that, there's this difference, isn't there? With the way that, I think stuff like that. Like if you're a kid coming here and you meet people like this, it changes your... I don't know, your opinion yeah. and stuff like that. I remember Wolf from Gladiators came to a thing at my school once. It was like a once. school event or something. He hit you? What? Yeah, when I went to Gladiators, I, mean, I must have told this story, I must have told it a million times, but when I went to Gladiators, I, we, one of my family members was in it, and uh, he beat Wolf on up the wall, and so Wolf came over dripped down his line, and because I'm at the front, he's ripping it down, he clocked me in the face by accident. That's why I'm late and not seen, because I've been moved to the back, <laughs> a row behind. <laughs> wow. So they couldn't hit me, yeah. Speechless. He didn't need to. He was very nice afterwards. This is uh, incredible revelations tonight, isn't it? Wow. Is there TV footage of this, by the way? Not him hitting me. That's edited out, but you can see the sign moves. It's in a different place. But yeah, he came over during the break <laughs> with Ulrika Johnson. She was there doing all that. And that guy of pop stars, is it? Nigel something? What a claim to fame that is. I got lamped by a wolf from Gladiators. <laughs> I mean, But I met him later on again and told him about it and he had no recollection. I guess I didn't Ooh. make that much of an impression. There's raised by wolves and there's <laughs> lamped by wolves. <laughs> Yeah. I was only like 10 or 11, but yeah, just a little small guy. I just remember like a, like a really slow street fighter fall. 
brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Your life is yeah. Wow. But then I got I got told off by my auntie and made to sit in the row behind. Even though I got hit by a wolf, it wasn't me. She didn't tell Wolf off. Oh, I thought the the show organizers moved you back, but no, it was your no, aunt. Yeah. <laughs> That's wicked. She told me I was getting overexcited. You know, <laughs> me and my cousin. Calm down, Liam. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Put the pomegranate fanta down. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's like the way you, those people interact with you. It's so different, isn't it, at TFN or con- yeah. this sort of convention? They are just like people you meet, and they're very friendly, willing to give you time and stuff. I'm amazed with how much time. And again, I say this particularly as the IDW guys because I've seen it just how much time they're willing to give up really do you know what I mean but it's other guests as well you know the the all, all the guests really peter cullen is a lovely bloke I, the one interaction i had with him was just walking past him in the corridor massive smile said a warm hello and doesn't know who i am at all just assumes that i'm a transformers fan and it was an absolute honor to just share a walkway with the man you know he was he was a wonderful bloke oh wow when did you meet him uh, it was a uh, popcon 2007 or 2006 i think i can't remember which one I've heard that about Cullen as well. I've never had the pleasure myself of actually meeting him. Of course, it was all due to be done, wasn't it, at TFN yeah, a couple of years ago, too. but uh, but sadly didn't happen because of some event, world global thing that came about. They had to postpone the con. Shame. But uh, no, I had heard that about Cullen. I actually remember that there was uh, there's one Twitter user by the AllSpark. I hope they don't mind me sharing this online. I presume not because they've obviously tweeted it, but uh, they put out something earlier this year i think talking about you know a history of mental illness and actually having uh you know considered suicide before and they had bumped into peter cullen at a convention and got talking with him and mentioned this um and he just gave such a a wonderful response you know and, and gave the guy a hug this is you know cullen giving him a hug and talking about how uh, I think something along the lines of, you know, that it was a better earth for him being on it, you know, and that clearly he made the right choice. And you could just tell that Peter was just such a lovely, genuine guy that just, I don't know, wanted to give a real moment and to someone that had just confessed this incredibly personal, um, like tragic thing in a way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this very personal struggle. And uh, I was just blown away, honestly. Like there's actual footage of it that um that they posted online and, and you would you would be uh hard pushed not to feel slightly emotional seeing mm-hmm. it. Do you know what I mean? And that that's when you realise this is not just someone that voices my favourite robot character or whatever. This is like a really just genuine decent human being. Transformers Another massive draw of toy conventions, and totally unashamedly as well, is the dealer room, is where you go to buy toys. Yeah, toy. (laughs) I mean, there is such a thing as the toy show hall. While I don't think it's enough to make people attend purely for that, the fact that it's there and it's well attended and it's well stocked, I mean, it's a wonderful experience, isn't it? I think it is a big draw for a lot of people. You know, you you often hear about people saving up for a good several months or more prior. I hear people sometimes, you know, like early in the year, saving up for convention season. And I think some people really go to town on it, like just seeing what they can find. The reality is that most of the stuff at the convention you can find online, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere or whatever. It's it's I would say actually quite unusual to come across maybe some stuff that you wouldn't find somewhere else, or that has happened in my case. 
Yeah. And it does happen, but I'm just saying it's maybe not the norm. But still, it's an event. And there is something about being there in the, you know, seeing this stuff in the plastic with your own eyes instead of internet shopping or whatever most of us do most of the time, particularly with vintage stuff. And it's just, it's just an experience. And there is a buzz about those dealer rooms. It is captivating. You probably do end up kind of getting a little bit too excited about some stuff and kind of in the moment or whatever. So you do have to be careful. But it's it's just even just walking around and looking at stuff, it's just great. It's a reason there's a massive queue for it in the morning and why people yeah. pay extra for early access. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There is definitely a six so just pointing out there's something about seeing something in in the plastic, you know, that makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Like something you may not have been that into buying online or something and you see it in hand is a completely different experience like the amount of things i've bought from there it's mostly stuff i wasn't expecting to buy it's stuff that was way down my priority list and i think there's a definite thing to be able to pick something up and look at it and then you go oh i do want this way more than i thought i did and there's i see so many things where you're just like i didn't know i wanted that i had no idea until i've seen it you know yeah 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 for sure Galaxy Meteor is the one that I still think of, Make Toys Mm. Galaxy Meteor, of like just seeing it. And I know all three of us had the same reaction that one year at TFN, just seeing it right there posed. And it was just like, holy hell, that thing is beautiful. Do you Mm. know what I mean? I I must have it. There's no no way I'm walking out of this room without one. Mm. And lo and behold, that's what happened. I completely missed that, didn't I? I missed that whole table. I didn't know it was there. I think it's because I was very drunk, but I didn't see it until you had it on the table in the bar. Right. And you told me there was a make toy table there, and I thought, oh, was there? Well, that's another thing. That's um, that's where you see a lot of things. It's, you'll see multiple tables with people looking at toys, having something they yeah. just bought, hauls, you know, experiencing things that you may never have experienced before because you wouldn't buy them, or and if you don't have the privilege of having access to a pub meet regularly, that kind of thing, then yeah, this might be your only occasion to see stuff in person that you would never normally buy. You'll 100% see toys that you never thought you would see up close before. Do you know what I mean? Like that will absolutely happen. Whether it's like classic G1 stuff, you know, Transformers toys throughout the years, like current stuff as well, high-end things. Yeah, brand new stuff that arrives brand for new the stuff. show. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, 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 100%. I remember um, actually the one year, I remember Titan's Return Trypticon, I think, was it, that had just been released? Does that sync up time-wise? I can't even think. There was some big toy like that that had just been released, and I remember someone had one. I think it was Trypticon, but I'm trying to work it, work out if Is that... Is that when they took the part of the legs? It wasn't Generations Metroplex one year. That was the, the one that remember. landed for it. I'm sure it was Trypticon. I don't know why, but I remember someone having one in the bar, whatever toy it was. It was some massive Titan thing. And literally, suddenly you had like this throng of like 30 people all kind of stood around just like wanting to see it because no one had seen it in hand yet, you know? And yeah, all right. It ends up being a toy that actually a lot of people do get their hands on, but there's still that buzz about it in the moment of like excitement and and whatever. But uh, equally, sometimes it's stuff that actually is is really proper high-end vintage that even if you're just like looking at it on a shelf somewhere you're still seeing it up close you know mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of getting a real glimpse of it and like yep. oh actually i never thought i'd see one of these in person yeah and there is a a feeling of being at a it's a special occasion so you might go for something you normally wouldn't have done from your living room on your laptop or on your phone that you kind of have the budget considerations and you think, well, maybe that doesn't, it's not, I can get it cheaper, about $10 here, five pounds there. But at a show, you're like, it's right here. I can take it home. It will be a nice souvenir from the show. And a lot of people do make a marquee purchase like that at the show. Yeah. The one time I didn't, I really regretted it. What was the purchase they didn't make? That year specifically, I think it was Galaxy Meteor. And it was one that I really regretted not buying at the show because then 
I realized I'd gone home with very little. I'd just been a little bit too conservative, I think, in what I wanted. I kept thinking, oh, I can get this cheaper online. And there were so many things that I looked at and almost bought but didn't. And I, I actually remember those occasions almost more than the stuff I did buy. There was a really amazing G1 Ultra Magnus head piece of merch. It wasn't a coin bank or maybe it was like an AM radio or something, but it was like proper G1 Magnus heavy thing. I really regret not buying that from uh, the Space Bridge. So just buy it at the show, man. Just do it. Do you know, it's such a true thing. And actually just looking around, you know, a few bits of the collection or whatever, I can always remember the stuff that I got from yeah. TFN. Always. Mm. Like, you know, silly things like my Rekgar, G1 Rekgar, stuff like that. I remember. Yeah, mm. is that the one? That's <laughs> the one. We were just talking about this a moment ago. That My favorite memory of the dealer room is nothing to do with what I bought. It's a toy 6 I bought. <laughs> and it was when we, me and him were walking around the dealer room talking and we stopped at that table and he I saw remember. that Rekgar and suddenly it was like I didn't exist and he'd completely <laughs> forgotten. And so I was talking to him and he wasn't listening because he was talking to this guy about this toy and he was looking at it. I just started laughing and then we kind of walked back and came back and he was still there like engrossed, like bartering with this toy and it was just amazing. Oh yeah, I, ha- I haggled him down a bit. Sorry, I, you make me sound bad. Like I No, no, of... it was really funny because it's the sort of thing I would do. You can take the man out of the collection, but you can't <laughs> take the collection out of the man. I haggled him right down, I remember. I think actually... Listening to that was fascinating. It was so funny, just the concentration that came over him all of a sudden this conversation we're having just stopped. I think I even left it there briefly because I think I was like... Because I said, because it was the you Sunday. Did. It was the Sunday and I think it was like, it was getting towards closing up time or whatever. And I said to him, well, you're not realistically going to sell it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be going home with it or whatever. And he was like, well, you know, that's the price. Take it or leave it kind of thing. And I'd already got him down a little bit. And then I think I was like, no, I'll leave it then. Fine. And like left and kind of walked about a bit and kind of came back however much later. I remember thinking like, if it's still there, then I'll, you know, see about it. And he came down further in price. And I remember it just got to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm definitely taking that now. Do you know what I mean? But I was made up with it. Honestly, it was just such a... It was almost like I couldn't believe that it had just been sat there the whole weekend in a bag. You know, it was had uh, had unapplied stickers, completely mint, perfect condition, just sat underneath a pile in bags of like loads of other toys. And I was almost like, how has no one else spotted this? Do you know what I mean? Like that that it's still here. But yeah, I, I can remember all of them. Honestly, Retgar. I remember my uh, Beast Box and Squawk Talk getting those one year. Sea Spray, Target Master Cyclonus. You know, loads of stuff that came from TFN, and it's all got that kind of feeling of, of having come from that one place, which I love. I think it's really nice mm. kind of memories. Yeah, and I quite enjoyed getting like on the other side. We were talking about toys. You know, you can find most things there. But I remember that year there was the MicroMaster Temper. You know, from Siege, and I had to give. Tref, our friend Tref, or Trefor, who's a lovely mm. guy. He Somebody, because he, he was so yeah. far down the queue and I came down, sauntering down later. So I was like, please just grab it if you see it. And it went straight away and he, uh, he got one. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, it's it just, just a lot of a lot of experiences like that. Uh, and it, it's nice to kind of, even if it's sort of small or whatever, it's nice to kind of build a little bit of a haul over the weekend mm. and just kind of get excited. And actually, to be honest, a big part of that is sharing with other people what they've got as well and getting Definitely, excited for yes. getting excited for other people because they've also found something that they've been looking for for ages or something that's like, you know, there's been various things that people have picked up. Like sometimes as well, it might be something really big or really expensive. And, you know, someone like Paul Hitchens or whatever is like, they've got to open the cabinet to get it out. And like, you know, a mate of yours or something is like, going to do it? And you're there going like, you know, this is like dead exciting. Yeah, definitely, miss. I love all of that. Such a nice buzz. It is. 
It's like, well, I enjoy walking around with you, so it's like, can I just have a look at that G2 Jazz or something like that? What was it? <laughs> I think, was it that year when you got, did you get that from there? I got a G2 Breakdown. I remember that. Yeah, which is the which is the Botcon exclusive. Uh, that was Graham's, which he donated to Toifu, yeah. and um, I remember seeing it. It was which like, he had bought at the previous TF Nation from Paul. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, and he very kindly don- donated it to Toifu because you know Graham is just an extraordinarily generous person. And um, yeah, no, I I plucked it and was like. I really want a G2 breakdown. Like, it's just got to have to happen, isn't it? So, that's a really cool thing as well, sort of knowing who it came from, too. I mean, you get that online, too. You buy from mates. But one of my first memories of this is at Botcon 2006. The, the Hartmans were there selling their entire collection and they had advertised this in advance, given full spreadsheet rundown of what they were bringing. And they had some amazing stuff. And they put their entire collection out at BotCon 2006 and people would go up in groups and sort of look at what they wanted. And they had a few things on silent auction. One of them was a production sample G1 Ramjet, which had an orange canopy uh, like the, the samples did, but the production rarely did. And uh, I really wanted that thing and I put my name down for it. But I was competing against um, against another collector who actually happens to be the, the gentleman who I did the message for last week uh, galen rest his soul ah. so he was there and he knew me as well and, and he was a really high spending collector and he was like bidding against me but then he said oh maz you know if you really want it i'm i'm not gonna bid for it and you, and you can take it because he didn't go for it i got that at a really really good price and i'll always remember that occasion and that was a show purchase it was related to people i cared about you know the hartmans are legends in this hobby mm. founders of botcon and, and galen's a wonderful guy and, and sadly he's gone now so it always reminded me of that. And even though I don't own that thing anymore, I didn't feel like I could sell it. I gave it to someone that I cared about. I said, you you have this and it's a very special piece. And it's all connected to people as well and that show experience of getting an item at a show. No, I think that's entirely accurate, honestly. So, so much of it is about the people though, isn't it? I think the first time you step into one of those conventions, it's when you become aware that you are kind of part of a wider community, you know, and it's, it, yep. maybe that's apparent online to an extent but it's when it kind of becomes more real i think isn't yep. it and you you know you meet people that are real like legends of the fandom as well sometimes and i don't know it just the, the community becomes a little bit smaller at those shows yeah. but in a good in a good way yeah because then it gives people license to contact you online as well and, and chat with you like on twitter you'll start hearing from people that maybe didn't feel that they could approach you to make comments before and that must be I know that's a good feeling. I certainly got that feeling after meeting people at a show. Then you establish relationships and it carries forward many, many years. It's an experience you don't get anywhere else as well, isn't it? Like you going around with your friends or constantly bumping into friends as you're buying stuff. Like when you go shopping or anything like that, you don't go to a shopping center just filled with the shops you want all want to go and do you? Yeah, that's true. Whereas here, you're just going from table to table with your friends or around yourself and then you are bumping into your friends and you have this shared experience of, oh, what have you bought? What are you looking at? And then you'll be always looking at talking, oh, I'm thinking of getting this or I've just seen this thing over here and it's there's nothing else like it. We talk a lot about what we're buying online, don't we? You're always looking at stuff like that, but it's it's not quite the same as being in per- as person and coming back around someone and being like, oh, have you bought this yet? You yeah, know, trying yeah. Trying to nudge someone like, go on. 100%, the, yeah. And while, while you can see them stood looking at it like going, oh, like fretting over it or whatever. Yeah, it is nice as well because people are really decent about a lot of it, actually. Like, you know, if you're not sure about something, people are, there is definitely that element of like, go on, you know, do it and all of that. But Live just, enabling. 
Yeah, oh man, so much. Especially when you've had a beer or six. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or seven or eight or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but yeah, but as well, there's also a fair amount of people saying, no, don't go for it. It's not right because of X or, or do you know what I mean? People are like looking out for each other a little bit or there has also, I've seen elements of like people sort of trying to warn off certain purchases that might be a bit overpriced or mm. whatever. And so there is some of that as well, definitely. So I think, I don't know, there's that kind of community aspect yeah. of it as well. Do you think they should reopen the dealer room at around 10 p.m. after oh, everyone's yeah. gotten tanked up in the bar? Carnage. <laughs> just like, right, now don't go back and make all those purchases that Clever you wouldn't have done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they put up screens to stop people touching the toys, though. <laughs> yeah. They do, actually. They do. Yeah. I'm just imagining drunk Liam getting let loose on that dealer room. Oh, yeah. my God. I'd bankrupt myself. Yeah. You'd wake up in the morning. What have I done? Yeah. What's, but- what's he done? Yeah. <laughs> Emily, I can't pay him a mortgage this month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is always stuff that you've got to walk away from too, isn't there? It's fair to say. I'll never forget actually working with uh, the Space Bridge one year. And back then there wasn't early access. You know, you just queued up early and got to the front of the queue. And someone came straight to Paul's table and did 700 pounds of shopping immediately. Oh my God. Just like boxed Fort Max, boxed Jetfire, just stuff like that that he really wanted, knew he could get it at the show, and he just basically cleared out nearly all of Paul's best items immediately. Wow. And that was fascinating to sit there and be like, oh, this is like super exciting. Someone's buying loads of stuff. And, and it was a real buzz for him as well. And that's okay. just how he did the show experience. Wow. I guess that's one way to do it, isn't it? So why not? Funnily enough, actually, we're talking about seeing toys and things in person and all of that kind of stuff. I was just remembering... Actually, my first ever convention of this kind, which was BotCon Europe yep. um, in 99, I think nah. it was. Yeah. Sorry, I, I always think you're talking about the one that was in Cheshunt, the, the BotCon no. Europe event. But yeah, that was the 99 one I really wish I'd gone to, yeah. It was the one in the church. Yeah, run by George Morgan, I think it was. Right, right. Simon Furman was there. I remember that because I got to meet him and he signed my like holofoil cover of Generation 2, Issue mm, 1. Nice. Uh, which I still have, I believe. And uh, yeah, what, what I was going to say about that event is I remember it wasn't like a massive dealer room or anything. It was quite a, it was a very funny event because it was literally like a church. It was a church. Mm-hmm. You know, like Simon was sat at the altar, basically, like signing <laughs> autographs. <laughs> Genuinely, don't want to lie. I mean, I was autographs. 16, 17, you know, and uh, yeah, autographs, man. How did I not see that coming? Uh, <laughs> I'll bet you no one's made that joke in the last, in that last 23 years, and maybe no one's made that joke, and you've just coined it right now. But so has, uh, an incoming Hasbro subline. I'm surprised it's not one of the G1 <laughs> sublines. Yeah, indeed. Heroic autographs. But uh, there was uh, a, a Fort Max on display in the dealer room, a G1 Fort Max. And of course, nowadays, that's like, yeah, it's G1 Fort Max. What mm. else? Like, I've got one in the, this ro- very room that I'm sat in now. But obviously, particularly back then, I was like, Oh my God, like I never thought I would see this thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there was even one of them, actually. I'm trying to think, but I'm pretty sure there was at least a couple of them. So there was a Diaclone Black Tracks at that show that one very, very keen eyed Japanese collector spotted. What's that? And that became famous, yeah. A guy from Finland was dealing at the show and and he brought a finished Diaclone Black Tracks. Wow. The collector who bought it is the guy who's like behind a lot of the stuff Takara puts out and their reference books as a lot of the items that he owns. It was a very, very famous collector. Wow. Wow. I wouldn't wouldn't have had any 
no. frame of Who reference for that at yeah. the time. No, no knowledge or anything of any of that. But what I can tell you is I'm pretty sure that you had to wear lanyards at that show. And I remember mine said 6-0 on it. That's how <laughs> far back the name. You don't have it anymore, do you? No, I'm pretty sure I cleared out a load of stuff. Sort of in the in-between times, if you like, hmm. before kind of, you know, really getting big back into collecting again. It was an 060. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let one. it die, man. Let never. it die. <laughs> it's never going to die. It's never going to die, that bloody joke. It's going to be until the We're going to be on like episode 100 or 101. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 100. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I had a lanyard that said six on it from all those years back. Wish I still had it, but I don't. And actually, on the, on the subject of toys at shows, we should also talk about show-exclusive toys, because that's a thing. That's true. We don't maybe get quite as um, excited these days because, you know, Hasbro aren't making show-exclusives for TF Nation or, or TFCon, but obviously in the BotCon days or OTFCC and actually the BotCon Europe event in the UK when we had the Keychain Rook. But yeah, show exclusive toys are, are are a major thing, and some of those nowadays are very very difficult to get. And you uh, you got one today, didn't you? Six I did. Yes, as it turns out, I actually had two this week. Well, well, look at that. Uh, actually, no, not this week. I say that in the last month. For you, it was a defining hobby experience. For Six O, it was third. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Uh, no, I did get one Amazing. today. Uh, old ape link that uh, is been a total grail of mine for yonks so this is uh, obviously from the kind of beast machines era um so it's a, a redeco of beast wars transmetal optimus primal surf monkey surf monkey yeah surfboard monkey surfboard gorilla but yeah in in a kind of really lovely shiny sort of almost gray pale blue gray chrome it's just absolutely gorgeous in hand and it's something that i've wanted to see for yonks and now i own it i'm looking at it right now Show exclusive toys are amazing. They can yeah. be just delightful things. I don't know whether I'm disappointed that we don't get them at TF Nation because I'm beginning to think like how mad would it be to have to line up for ages the way you used to have to at BotCon and just the sort of stress of making sure you got your exclusive toy and your premium package or whatever it is to get your, your figure. Yeah. I guess if I'm honest, it's probably a part of the event itself that I don't miss in a way because it's just like another thing to have to worry about. It would be fun to have exclusives, but maybe not the stress that goes with it. There have been like third-party exclusives that were sold at yeah. Nation, haven't there? You know, there's stuff like that. That's true. That's true. That's definitely a thing. So, which is yeah, also exciting. I'm pretty relieved we don't get exclusives anymore. It used to always be really disappointing when you see the BotCon stuff because it's cool, but it was so far out of my reach for so long, and mm. it, yeah. it's kind of like it was too much of a tease. And I think it always instead of being like wowed by it it's just disappointment it's kind of always put a negative slant on things like oh i'd really like to buy that but i can't because it's not available in this country or to hand and stuff like that yeah i think that exclusivity created a a kind of a different ear to the hobby you know a bit too much elitism not on the part of people as such but it just kind of created the atmosphere for me i was never never into it no fair enough i think there are definitely I mean, to yeah, always will be yeah. some show exclusive BotCon exclusives that are just so far out of reach. It's not even funny. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you just never even dream of going there. You know, but um, that O six Megatron is mad for that. The price of that thing, and I was at that show, and it's just like I could have bought that. I could have signed up which, for that. Which one's that? Is that the is that the RID Megatron? No, it isn't. It was a tank, like a missile-carrying vehicle Megatron repaint for the 06 show. 
and it's so costly. Mm. But obviously, like I don't know anything about it today. I just know how expensive it is. So even at the time, I was even less likely. The, the most amazing thing at that show was that Masterpiece MP3 Starscream had just landed. And I got one in hand when I arrived from Tony Preto, Tempting Toys. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. And I always connect my first BotCon experience to seeing that in hand. Man, Masterpiece Starscream? Can you imagine the first ever one, that moment? And loads of people had that same shared experience at that event. It was great. I bet you uh, were so shocked that you looked at it and just went, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I added one. No, you added (laughs) oh. I didn't add one. (laughs) There he is. There I guess there's is. still life in that joke yet. Go on. <laughs> yeah, there is. Beat that dead donkey, Liam. Still new it. ways to kick a horse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that is exciting. Yeah. I guess you could call it uh, Beat the Dead Donkey Con. Oh, man. Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Yeah. Feel free to put them in. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. But no, that is exciting. As we said earlier, it's just seeing those new, new exciting toys sometimes, isn't it? So, and I think it, I don't know, for me, the first year I went, there was a kind of weird feeling about hang on what's happening here i'm like face to face with another human being talking about new toys like this is quite Mm. odd but after about five minutes you just kind of get into it don't you because then next thing you know you're off for nando's and all is well isn't it it just kind of becomes part of the weekend and you quickly get swept up in the whole fever pitch thing of it next thing you know it's sunday afternoon you've got to go home and you're feeling a little bit sad about it all so it goes so quickly it's mad how far you get less sleep than at any other point in the year but it just still goes so quickly yeah don't really need sleep do you sort of incidental the Transformers will return after these messages. Right, well, it's that time for the part of the pod. Just after talking about buying toys, to talk about buying toys, because it's our sponsor <laughs> segment. And uh, yeah, as ever, we're going to take a look at tfsource.com for all your Transformers and third-party needs. See what they got in stock and available for pre-order right now. See what takes you fancy. I'm having a look at their website, tfsource.com. My word, there is some very exciting stuff going on there at the moment, gentlemen. What's caught your eyes? Actually, I'm really surprised what caught my eye today when I had a look. It's the NPM Blackout. So they have the banner at the top. I thought, that's something that I always really love the Blackout. And I very nearly bought the oversized uh, Weijang version of the studio series. Oh, Hide Shadow. Oh, sorry, it wasn't Weijang then. No, no, it is. It's called Hide Shadow is the the name of the figure. That looked amazing. And now that there's an actual masterpiece of it with a really nicely detailed Scorponok, that's a thing worth considering. Also, now that I've experienced ST Commander fully and mm-hmm. transformed it, played with it, displayed it, loved it, the Dreadrock repaint is the one I have the open page for. That's, uh, that's pretty fantastic. Oh, really? What, over the Ice Wolf? Everyone wants the Ice Wolf one. They're all talking about that. But uh, yeah, man, I can't Ice Wolf. see past it. It looks wonderful. But I also would really love this this version as well, the desert camo version. Mm. You're going to go completionist on this, eh? Well, who could find the Optimus one now? It's just oh, disappeared, man. hasn't it? Out of sight. Out of sight. If they brought that back for a little reissue, I think that would be a fun thing. But yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe they will. So, yeah, excellent choices. Liam? I've got my eye on that. Um, the shattered glass repaint of, is it Optus Pexus? Yeah. Oh, the purple one. Yeah, I think it's called Optus Prominian Severed Geist, which mm-hmm. sounds like an anime film I probably watched recently. <laughs> so, but that looks really cool with the smashed glass here. There is another version, isn't there, with bullet holes on the chest? Yeah, this is the non the non bullet one. I think. I think the bullet the bullet holes one. They were like little molded bullet holes. I think that was a TFCon exclusive. I could be wrong, but uh, I didn't really sort of keep up with it. But is is gorgeous. 
So, yeah. did you get a Pexus in the end? No, TF Nation is probably going to be the place where that happens. I remember. Let's buy it from TF Source first. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe, yeah. I remember I was strongly trying to enable you on Pexus at one point, oh. and uh, it was it is a blooming gorgeous toy. The black repaint is stunning as well, so mm. that's a good choice. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's so poseable. I think that's what appeals. It looks great, but there's so much poseability in it. It just looks so much fun. Yeah, you would get a lot out of it in terms of fo- photography, I think, having fun with it and that. With lights all around and stuff like that, you'd really go to town on it. So uh, it's good fun. The one that's caught my eye, actually, and, and it's one that I own, bizarrely, but it, I, just because it's come back on, you know, up for pre-order, is the old winged dragon metal beast, Jiang Sing, I think is how you say it. So the uh, beast towards Megatron, Transmetal 2 thing. Yeah, 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 the dragon Megatron. It's very eye-catching. i got to tell you, this thing, I know, I know there's a new legacy Transmetal 2 Megatron on the way, but this thing is honestly one of the most jaw-droppingly impressive just visual toys that I've ever seen. It is incredible to witness up close. You two are going to see it soon uh, when you come around to my gaff. It's just absolutely, it's breathtaking, really, honestly. Are you going to risk transforming another Transmetal Megatron <laughs> in my presence? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Going to get your like laser vision over the room, <laughs> like severing the waist or whatever. You're going to put a little fence around Maz so he can't break anything? Is that what I think, is? yeah, I'm going to put him in a little airtight bubble. Just don't risk his like. So he can't breathe. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But yeah, better that than he breaks any of my toys. Are you going to let me in the house, mate? <laughs> Keeping you away from Black Zarek. Let's put it that way. The real six O. That's it. Yeah, you, you'll all meet him at TF. <laughs> see what the real six O is like. Don't be silly. Of course, you can play with my toys, but you know, you break it, you buy it. <laughs> uh, Happy to <laughs> <laughs> go straight for Diaclone Battle Convoy. Oops, right. snap to Gandry. <laughs> Matt oh, just turns up at TF Nation having spent all of his money because he's just bought all, six, all these broken toys. <laughs> he just like runs into a cupboard or something. Oops, they're all broken. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're mine now. Uh, but no, yeah, that definitely caught my eye, even though that's something that I own. And I also noticed that just in stock is that new Fans Toys Sovereign, the kind of Marvel Comics toy-coloured one. Very nice indeed. Yeah, I was just looking at Which, that. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that looks pretty stunning doesn't it so absolutely well into that got that one of those on the way cannot wait gonna absolutely review the bollocks off that yeah they've also got mp skids back in stock and that's actually something i really want now having very clearly steered clear of that version but now i've got reboost and crosscut i have to have the skids and your review today did nothing to make that (laughs) feeling go away i kind of wrote it with you in mind i was like what's the little touch points here that's gonna enable maz what do I need to write here? Felt targeted. Yeah, very much so. I was writing just for one person. See, that's another thing, actually, on this subject of show purchases. It's quite fun to highlight things that you're going to get at the show. And you think, well, well just, I'll just buy that. And I'll be looking for MP skids at the show. Oh, nice. That stuff never works out for me, though. i got to tell you, I, every, every year prior, I've always put out a little list saying, these are the things that I might look for at the show. And then when I post a haul pick afterwards, I'm like, it bears no correlation, <laughs> literally none. So yeah, it is nice to go with an idea in mind, but don't get too hot up on it. Went for bread, came home with magic beans. <laughs> right, exactly. Is that Liam's breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Some obscure cereal, magic beans. <laughs> I like beans. In, uh, anyway that was our sponsor segment so thank you very much to tf source as ever for sponsoring the pod we do love them so go and check them out at tfsource.com for all your transformers and third-party needs we now return to the transformers
Okay, so another very big draw of these events and conventions generally, not just toy conventions, are the guests and presentations and panels. Certainly um, in the line of work I'm in, we have a lot of staff panels that attendees really love attending, but also attendees themselves, if they're known in the community, uh, they can be asked to do fan panels. So there's a variety of stuff like that at these conventions. And it could be that, you know, toys are revealed, a major part of toy history is discussed in detail, or it's just someone that you really care about, for example, Aaron Archer or Budiansky, of course, who can answer key questions. And there are sometimes some amazing insights that come out of these panels that aren't very well known beforehand, but they put to rest rumors and long-held beliefs in the fandom. So they are well worth attending. Yeah, I think it's surprising actually how much, you know, for even for like a franchise or whatever that's <laughs> nearly 40 years old, you know, how many little tidbits kind of come out from some of the discussions and things like that. Again, I know I referenced it earlier about Bob Budiansky, but I was blown away genuinely to suddenly be at this, uh, particularly at a UK convention yeah. and hearing some of the stuff that he was just, you know, just like dropping little, you know, knowledge bombs or whatever that suddenly you're like, did anybody know that? Did I know that? And you can see people <laughs> like furiously live tweeting going like, oh my God, he just said this. I also remember very fondly panel that Paul Hitchens and Raz did. Yeah, man. That was a couple amazing. of years back. That was a showstopper, honestly. And it, I mean, they, they obviously asked very kindly that nobody took photography uh, or, or anything of the the panel and the slides and wisely because man there were some revelations in that wasn't there about prototype g1 yeah. transformers things that we'd never seen before and you have to be respectful of that because yeah. okay we all have this attitude that knowledge should be shared and and everything should be disseminated in through the fandom we've got tf wiki to educate everyone but also at the other end of the spectrum you have people who have invested decades and thousands upon thousands of dollars or pounds in the hobby to uncover this stuff yeah. And it is then theirs to do with as they see fit. And if they don't want to suddenly reduce its value to zero and have 3D printed or online scans of absolutely everything they own, that is entirely their prerogative. And we should just be grateful that they're sharing it within a forum that we can enjoy. I think in the case of those two particular names, as one example, like Paul and, and Raz, you know, they have both shared huge amounts online, actually, of, you know, they've yeah. both got impressive collections, let's say. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff Raz owns, it's just mind blowing. Yeah, he has a bigger prototype collection than I have toy collection. <laughs> right. And uh, I mean, the, you know, the man owns a G1 Unicron, and that's, in his own words, not even one of the one of the rarest things that he necessarily owns. Mm. You know, it's like incredible. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I think you have to be respectful of it, as you say, because they have already shared a lot of stuff. You know, you will find both of them putting out rarities, photography, all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. So when they actually do turn around and say, yeah, this, this is not to be shared. You've got to be like, fair enough, actually. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's totally respect that. Yeah, that panel was incredible. I've, You know me, I don't go to panels, so I've only been to three. That was one of them. <laughs> but that was... <laughs> One of them was yours, and the other one was, you know, Andy from Kapow, and they did yeah. that whole uh, toy thing at TF Nation. You you are going to go to your panel this year, aren't you? <laughs> I can confirm I'm probably going to be in attendance at least that one. Right, cool, cool, cool. That'll be four, then. What are you going to be like on stage? I, I have no idea what to expect from you on stage. No. I'll probably just be quiet, sat there, you know. <laughs> so the not same as on the pod. Not getting a word in edgeways, just like here. <laughs> yeah. Well, precisely, yeah. 
that was just a revelation. I've never been to anything like that. And just listening to them talk and seeing the things that we were putting on the screen was just amazing. And being sat next to you guys, Mazza's face, I've never seen him just lit up so excited about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would that have been about? Do you remember what it what it was? It was, like was... the entire thing. You were like almost yeah, leaning right. <laughs> forward, like you were trying to get off the chair. Like I could see this grin on your face. But uh, there was so much fantastic stuff shared in that. I always remember the fourth target master. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. always a favorite. It's great because I haven't got a photo of it to share when I talk about it online. But no. every now and then, like if I visit Paul, he's he's got it in that Bible book and I can look at it. And then, of course, it will be up there in his panel. Yeah. It was even just the stuff like the original drawings of the original headmasters and target masters even. Yeah. yeah. And just the way the vehicle modes were more pointy and, and you know, yeah. anime and stuff like just seeing where that came from. It's like, wow. Where they weren't even binary bonded, they didn't have headmasters or target masters. No, they were, they were just, just normal, normal. As they were, yeah. Yeah, just normal Transformers toys, weren't they? So, yeah. The pre Transformers stuff as well, like when before they'd actually, yeah. you know, finalized mm. it, like the logo and the story, all that stuff, that art. Do you know, he did a panel like that at BotCon 2006, and I was sat with him while he did the panel. I don't know why I was up there. I contributed nothing. I didn't talk <laughs> the whole time. I, was just, I just had a good seat, basically. And at the end of his panel, he talked about the punch-counterpunch prototype, which has uh, wheels on its knees, and it was really weird. And then the Japanese collector I was talking about earlier, who, who bought that Diaclone Black Tracks at the UK convention, he came up at the end of the panel and was telling Paul, oh, that's what those wheels are for. And he knows because he has Takara contacts. That was just fascinating to watch that he had wow. sat through the panel and then came up and said, oh, yeah, that's what the wheels are for. It kind of had this other mode. You know, It's just brilliant. The level of knowledge on show sometimes is just awe-inspiring, to yeah. be honest. You know, just yeah. the things that people – and it's often people that are very unassuming, like they don't make a big deal of it or whatever. They're just quite happy to be there, you know, in amongst the crowd or whatever. But they know a surprising amount of uh, – or, as you say, they know people as well mm. and – kind of you know got the insider track or whatever it's really something it's the circumstance as well like you're saying there isn't it it's two people in a room that otherwise wouldn't be in any other mm. aspect That's and this is a really good point and this information comes up like that like you're saying paul with the wheels and that, that guy happened to be there watching the panel but telling what it is and it's stuff like that that comes up during these things that you would never hear anywhere else and it would never ever come up otherwise one of my most exciting memories of early tf nations it may have even been auto assembly at that time I'd only just got into some third party at the time and Feral Rex was freshly out. Oof. And I met uh, Cassie Sark at the, oh, at the show nice. who was so enthusiastic that year. And he had, his, uh, he had his iPad and he was just, anyone who wanted to, we went into the lobby and he started showing me all the designs he's got upcoming. And it was mega fantastic. And he was at the show and uh, Sid was at the show. And of mm. course, Sid had written the bio for some of that stuff. And then a friend of mine, Paul Vroman, from years ago, he's an artist and he's done work for Botcon actually in the past. Things like Carzap, he did the the artwork for Carzap and stuff like that. Known him for decades, been to his home in the Netherlands. He's just a mate. He happened to do some art for the Captain Shark release that was done. Oh, yeah. That was the the brave kind of reference i think it was yeah, yeah. who did that and the person who designed that was cassie sark and the person who wrote the bio was sid and all three of them were just stood there and i just thought lads can i just get you three together for a photo holding <laughs> captain shark and it was just brilliant because like you say under no other circumstances would these yeah, people have ever yeah. been in the same place sid is someone that i always enjoy seeing at tfn yeah he's just a is that because of stupid sexy galvatron that he's always well got? that was a, <laughs> that was a definite highlight that was a definite highlight that was absolutely fantastic yes sid is the originator of stupid sexy galvatron that people may have <laughs> may have seen online 
It's funny because I think I shared it. I took a picture of it and shared it. And I've seen that copied so many times now. Like there are other people that have done their own stupid sexy Galvatrons and reshared it and everything. Brilliant. And it's sort of become its own thing. I've also seen some very talented artists doing artwork of stupid sexy Galvatron. Come <laughs> on, all... really? Yeah, yeah, really? I have. I have. And it all started with Sid just posing this thing at TFN. And uh, that's kind of where it came from. Excellent. But yeah, he's... He's, he's a good bloke to have around at those conventions. So, funnily enough, I'm sat right next to Feral Rex now. So, yeah, there you go. Small world. But yeah, no, absolutely amazing panels and things. And just, as you said earlier, just some of the, the creators and things. It's really worth going to those things, though, isn't it, Liam? Totally worth going to those things, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially ones presented by, you know, podcasters. Right. Well, we're going to find out this year, aren't we? We're going to find out if we do a good job or not, honestly. It's going to be amazing. We've got a plan now. We've got a plan now. We, we do have a plan now. Yeah, we've discussed the plan, haven't we? Do we? For it. we yes, we do. We'll, we'll <laughs> let you know what it is. There's some, I mean, some small element of prep required. Okay. Yeah, there will be some prep required. Yeah. Are you saying that to Sixo, not me? Yeah, Sixo, it's going to be prep required. I was definitely telling you, mate. That was straight, <laughs> straightly aimed at you. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it should be uh, should be a laugh, shouldn't it? If it all goes tits up, we'll be in the bar afterwards. <laughs> Commiserating. <laughs> That's the thing, actually. Being asked to contribute to one of these events is, is really awesome as well, isn't it? Because then, it's a real you know, honour. Yeah, it is an honour. And it's, it's fun to be part of the convention. And um, it's amazing to see people come up to you and give you appreciation for what you do. And I'm not just talking about us or or the content we've created down the years, but even just other people who have an online persona. Like, I think I remember going up to people and just, you know, sharing a joke based on their identity online. And, it, and it's really well received, you know, almost always. That's, it can be a really fun thing to interact with people on that level as well. That's those creators we talked about who were fans themselves. And then when you've got fans who have been attendees and then you go up to them and say, I really love what you're doing and you show them appreciation for what they've brought to the fandom. It's a, it's a nice little cycle of, I don't want to say circle jerk. <laughs> There's a better phrase out there. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. No, but I, I totally... Go straight to the next section. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. I was going to say as well that just the level of creativity and talent on display that you often see at these things. I mean, yeah. I was blown away. I still remember. It, it, takes, it takes you a hot minute to kind of get used to it, like walking into the convention and suddenly there's cosplayers everywhere and, you know, because of like quite flamboyant people that, that, you know, if you're not, it's quite weird walking in and out the car park. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. What are you holding up? Yeah. So I'm just holding up my uh, awesome keychains I got from Jamesy Draws. Yeah, he's, is, uh, he's a great example. My vote Sean Berger 85 keychain yeah. and t-shirt and stuff that like that. That t-shirt you had was cool, man. Oh, it was brilliant. If only it still fit. But that's exactly the kind of thing I was going to say about it. I mean, like, so yeah, you walk in, there's cosplayers everywhere. For the first moment, you're like, whoa, what is going on? But then actually just going through and seeing the level of effort and thought and just ingenuity that's gone into so much of that stuff, amazing costumes, yes. fantastic artwork, just people that have really poured their love of this franchise into what they do. And, you know, some people ha are going to be really well known. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, there's people like James Marsh there as well, who now has got an IDW gig for mm. one example. And yeah. good on him. Well, very well deserved. Very talented chap. Yeah, exceptionally talented. And, you know, he's a TF Nation regular. You often see his artwork there and things as well. Um, and so Ed Perry and Winston Chan as well. Right, exactly. Like yeah, 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 for sure. 
Anna Malkova as well, you know, these people yeah. who have attended the shows and, you know, they'll become as guests. It's fantastic. Well, that's the thing. and But there are also, you know, kind of lesser known names as well or people that you've maybe not heard of before that have just got artwork to show. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of what we said earlier, isn't it? Is you're, you're in a big room or a convention full of other people that love the same thing that you love as much as you love it if not mm-hmm. more and they're showing that in their own talented way and i think yeah. it's something to really be respected you'll always find there wasn't enough time to do everything you wanted to see everything oh, yeah. you wanted to yeah for sure for sure one thing you'll always find uh with convention season is uh, a lot of collectors sharing their experiences trying to allay fears um reduce anxieties and things like that to help people enjoy the experience and certainly from our from our own backgrounds with these shows and experiences we've had when we've attended TF Nation or, or BotCons or things like that, uh, there are a few things we could probably share, right, that might help maybe first-timers or people who attend regularly, just fruits of your wisdom. Oof, that might be pushing it a little bit. I would certainly stop short of trying to paint myself as an expert in this arena because I'm still a relative convention newbie, I would say, in many regards. But I don't know, might have some nuggets to offer, see what falls out the tree. <laughs> The six o tree, right? <laughs> the giving tree. Shake me, hang me upside down. See what falls out. Don't know. Maybe something. One of the things I've found is um, don't be too strict with your timetable. Don't be too unwilling to kind of go with the flow. Like if you end up in a group of people who you're, you're enjoying their company, don't necessarily feel obligated to. Well, I said I'd attend that gathering to just drop what you're enjoying yeah to go and do that because these kind of um emergent experiences and groups of friends are, are worth pursuing it's it's worth spending time being in an environment that you're happy so yeah don't be too stringent with yourself and strict with yourself i must get to this panel i must uh have another lap of the dealer room i must you know this kind of thing great to have a structure to your weekend but also be open to to doing something unexpected or or going somewhere you didn't expect to yeah, like if someone says go to Nando's. Yes, maybe go, maybe go, maybe go to Nando's. See what happens. You fancy a Nando's this year? Six. I get the feeling that you're looking forward to a Nando's. Well into it, mate. My that Nando's. Cheeky Nando's, isn't it? Yeah, it's this regular highlight for me. Honestly, I'll definitely be down there. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, there is also an element of you know, if you really, if there's like one panel or something that you absolutely want to see, then of course, yeah, go to it. Do you know what I mean? And don't, don't miss that. But <laughs> So uh, by the same token, the opposite advice, happy right. to drop the group of friends you're talking to <laughs> like a lead brick and go. Absolutely. <laughs> what you want to do. So the advice is, yeah, don't be too rigid on the panels and hang out with people and miss the stuff that you wanted to see. But by the same token, <laughs> don't miss the stuff that you wanted to see and yes. sod those guys. There's no one right way of doing it, yeah. And the people listening at home, you miss Sixo pointing furiously at the camera there just to emphasise his point. <laughs> yeah, a lot of oh, I'll have a good point <laughs> to em- emphasise things. Uh, but uh, yeah, you are right though, just go with the flow a little bit, isn't it? Because as much as there is a convention schedule, who knows what's going to happen, honestly. like, And, and uh, as you said earlier, so much of it is about the people that there is definitely an element of go with the flow, for sure. Yeah. You can plan everything out, but that's not where all the best stuff, I think, happens at these conventions. It's the stuff you weren't expecting, the moments that are created from that. And just not being afraid to say hello to people as well, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. there are so many people. And if you recognize someone, like my f- absolute favorite TFN moment is I was walking down the corridor and, you know, Maidley was coming the other yeah. way. Oh, yeah. And I said hello to him. <laughs> and then as I'm coming toward him, someone else is walking past him and they stop, turn around and they just go, are you far left Maidley like that? <laughs> And it's like, 
and his he burst out laughing and I've never laughed so much at something like that in my life but I was like that's how you introduce yourself to somebody this guy <laughs> just knew him off Twitter <laughs> that's brilliant and it's my favorite moment just yeah. actually I remembered one of my favorites earlier from the first year I went and it was regarding the quilters and it was something that one of the quilters said to Maz and I'd completely forgotten about it and then just as we were finishing the quilter discussion I remembered it and I thought oh maybe I won't get a chance to share that and now it's it's going to come up now so why not because that was definitely a little favorite funny interaction of mine I think it was when we were in the lift with them and it was as as the lady was was getting out and uh she'd been chatting to us about what we were doing and whatever and uh, she said something along the lines of catching up with them later. And she turned and she specifically looked at you, Maz, and gave you a, a, like a cheeky wink. And she said these exact words, and I remember it clearly. She said, well, you know, see you around because uh, we are up for anything. Wink, wink. And I do mean anything. And she looked directly <laughs> at you as she said those words, I swear. How have I blanked this out? The trauma. Although I can clearly see why <laughs> we went down to the the bar area, I remember, and I obviously told everybody within earshot that would listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember there was quite a lot of hilarity about it. But you spent the whole rest of the day just like, did that really happen? <laughs> <laughs> In my hotel room, just didn't come out again. Yeah, and she had a good cross stitch later on. <laughs> yeah, she was quite taken, I think. Right, well, that's left me speechless for a second time in my <laughs> I life. I think you were speechless at the convention as yeah. well. <laughs> uh, one of my memories is uh, how I sort of introduced Liam to someone who was looking for him. He was just sat at the table right in front of me, and I didn't see him. And someone said, I haven't, I haven't seen Liam yet. And I said, well, you just need to keep your eye out for the only other brown person here. And he turned around and goes, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I one of my favorites was when I first met you, and it was at the Space Bridge store. And I was stood there in front of you looking at some toys and I was talking to you, laughing internally because I realised you didn't recognise me. And then you just suddenly stopped and you just gave me this like weird like side eye and you went, are you Liam? And then you came running around like, mate, another brown person's here. (laughs) 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 Gave me a hug. (laughs) I was like, I "I love this guy. (laughs) I'm so glad that's committed to record now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Your your shared interactions. I remember meeting you for the first time, Liam, wandering around in the bar uh, with a pint and a bag full of Armada bits. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They carry a bag. Yeah. Yeah. just like, I remember like going up and saying, are are you Liam? And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hi, you know, and all of that. And uh, and you just turned, you were like, I just bought this off someone. I've got no idea what's in this bag. I don't know what it is. And it's just hilarious. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, you were. It was, looking back now, a very classic Liam experience. I just didn't really know it at the time. But like you said, some of the best conversations at these shows aren't Transformers related. I remember um, going outside the convention center with Santiago Jones and uh, What a, uh, what and a lovely bloke. Yeah. yeah, and we were just talking about 90s footballers and 90s TV. And it was just so memorable yeah. and it's such a lovely classic TF Nation moment. And it was, you know, a, a balmy evening. It was uh, middle of August. It was brilliant. You know? And these are the things that keep you coming back to the show, these, these moments. Yeah, you, there, there are many people. I mean, Kev is another one for me that I look forward to seeing every, you know, every Kevin one of these events. Yes. Yeah, old, yeah, old Gorman. Uh, you know, it's just people that you just touch base with and you actually talk to about things outside of the hobby, you know, like real life stuff, you know, and sharing what's going on with you and getting a proper update, you know, away from Twitter or whatever else, you know, it's, it's lovely. It's really nice. 
Yeah. Graham is like the humble rock star of these oh, shows, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's just such a down-to-earth, humble, generous, lovely bloke. Um, and you really get to see his genuine sense of humor. Not just, you know, it's like he is the guy who makes these shit posts, and you absolutely can see that. Yeah, it's hilarious. He's great company and very welcoming. Absolutely hilarious. He's just, he's one of those people that you can see him wandering around the dealer room and you kind of bump into him and get chatting yeah. and he'll just slay you with a one-liner of some yes. kind. Do you know what I mean? It's just so funny. So yeah, I look forward to all of that this year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait, can't wait. It's been way too long. Really, really far yeah. too long. And this is one of those things that have really been affected by the pandemic because it's such a standout highlight of the year. And I, I remember a time, unfortunately in the past, where Saying like something like this was the highlight of your of your year was almost um, a little bit like you wouldn't say it because you didn't want people to think that this was the biggest thing. But now I, I will happily say that it's the moment of the year I look forward to the most. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there is a. I think that actually the break, the pandemic, and particularly with well everything that's happened and and people having been you know pretty uniformly stuck at home during that time for the longest time. I think actually has given this year a real different vibe as well. At the risk of saying it, I know or I have seen that there are various people that are, you know, struggling a little bit with that feeling of anxiety about going back as well, whether that's, you know, health concerns and that kind of aspect of it, Mm -hmm. or just the fact that actually, you know, many, many people have just kind of either they've always struggled with the kind of social aspect of it, if you like, and that's not necessarily their comfort zone, or the kind of extended time sort of in isolation has made them a little bit you know more nervous about kind of potentially getting back into that kind of scene and i have seen numerous people it's, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised no doubt about right it. exactly exactly that and I, and you know i would happily confess that actually this year in some ways i feel not i wouldn't say nervous but sli- like a slight sense more um kind of anticipation perhaps than previous maybe more akin to when i first went i think just because as you say it's that kind of lack of familiarity i mean not having been for however many years now years actual years i'm sort of like Mm. can't believe it but i think the key thing is you know whether you're a first timer and you're feeling that sense of anxiety or apprehension about i don't know anyone who am i going to speak to or you know if you're someone that's returning onto an event like this and you know, you've got that feeling of social anxiety or whatever. I, I, I don't know. It's easy for me to say, don't worry about it. Of course it is. That's that's not going to solve it. But I suppose I would say better than that is just rest assured that there will be people there that will engage with you. And mm-hmm. you, you, I'm pretty confident, will find like-minded folks that are happy to give you the time of day. That's certainly always been my experience. That, And I have seen that of people that I know struggle with those feelings of anxiety as well do you know what i mean that they kind of they find their place that's what i mean there'll be a lot of people in that same boat there will be other people it's not just you yes it's not you're not the only one feeling that's what you got to kind of remember there are other people anxious as well there or feeling like that and you all just end up meeting and talking and you become friends yeah and it'll be great but it's also important yeah don't be afraid also to step out of a of a situation or or of a, or of a zone if you, you have a safe space and you yeah. you know when you've had enough of a certain vibe walk away it's okay you know you're not obligated to hang with the same people the whole time or certain people that you've met online i mean 100% and in jest i will also say there there is always a, a friend of ours uh, an acquaintance who always says that he is really looking forward to hanging out with us at the show <laughs> and we meet him at the pub regularly but somehow every time we go to the show and he knows us all so well we went to his stag do <laughs> but yeah, yeah. at the show 
never hangs out with us. He's got another group that he hangs out with. And that is perfectly okay. That is his show jam. We, we do take the mickey about it. Yeah, of course but we do. yes, it's fine. Yeah, and that's his show jam. That's his way of uh, doing the show. Those are the people he doesn't see regularly, and that's perfectly okay. You're not obligated to stick with any group of people and don't ever feel that you need to do so. 100%. Yeah, I often see him on the in the uh, car ride on the way there and uh, for the pickup on the Sunday. Mm. And occasionally we cross paths at breakfast, uh, but otherwise the, the the last time I see him is when we enter the hotel foyer, and he uh, shortly after he said, oh, "I'm going to hang out with you guys this weekend." And then we enter the hotel foyer, and he goes, "See you later." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, adios, bitches. <laughs> Bye. Like, yeah. And you, thanks for the ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Laters. <laughs> and it is absolutely fine. That's the thing. You're not yeah. beholden to anyone. I mean, especially, no. you know, th- this is someone that, you know, as you say, we know very well and is a really good mate. But this is especially true if these are people that you've just met or whatever, and actually you're not feeling the vibe, you know, mm. you're not you're not beholden at all to anyone or anything. It's your weekend. Make the most of it, you know, just absolutely go with the flow. But yeah. Enjoy it to the most you can, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Do it your way. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no one set way. I love just taking at least one tour of the dealer room entirely alone, well after it's opened, just by myself, take my time, look at things, stare at things, that kind of thing. I absolutely love doing that. And I always kind of make time for that moment. This is what's called uh, being in the mass zone. (laughs) I I had some great finds last time. I really hope there's still finds like that to be made. I thought you were going to say, I really hope they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing you brought three years ago? You still got it? Like, <laughs> oh, I think I'll buy it now. Just imagining you wandering around the dealer room with the kind of like Terminator-esque vision, you know, like a red sort of like sight on your eyes or whatever, and little words popping up like, like yellowed, no good. I'm not the one who has like a Minion-style headlamp. <laughs> digging through boxes on the floor trying to I, see if stuff's I want, there. I want to clarify for the, the record of this pod that neither am I. <laughs> no, but we know someone who is. Yes, we know someone who is, but you're not talking about either of us. It's not me as well. Just, no. just like to, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'm forever grateful for that headlamp because it did help me get a totally unyellowed wheel jack and I wouldn't have been able yeah, to. Yeah, we take the mickey, yeah. but it's actually quite useful. But he's wearing a helmet with a headlamp. Yeah, but- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, that's my show. It's great. I know you do. You do see some stuff, don't you? That you're like, huh? Okay. Yeah. It looks like he's just come back from cave diving each time. Doesn't <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It normally is cave diving, but underneath a dealer table somewhere, <laughs> like rifling through, a, rifling through a box. I have actually seen that. Believe it or not, he's, he's someone that will just like lift up the tablecloth of the dealer table and just be like, "What's under here?" Then you know, <laughs> like start digging through. It's like the TFN Samyad. Do you remember that TV show? That little... No? No. Oh, my God. Speed okay. in the business. <laughs> used to call it speed. Do you not remember the Samyad? It was like a classic BBC TV show. No? No. Oh. Which last send you those YouTube links and you go, oh, it's that thing. I remember that now. Of course. Probably. Maybe they, maybe they only had it on BBC Northern. I don't know. Ugh. Five Children and It. Do you remember that? No. God, am I the only one who watched telly? Wolf from Gladiators came to my school once. <laughs> I can dress myself. <laughs> Tri- triumphant after punching me in the face. <laughs> right, exactly. I think it was, the, it was shortly after that, actually, he was boasting about it. Yes. <laughs> it's publicity talk. He, he was sh- talking to you, that's the thing. I remember, oh. he sold it. I remember he sold that story to the sun and everything. So. Yeah. Lamp this little Nottingham kid the other week. 
bawling his eyes out, he was. And then he got told off for it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Wolf, baby. (laughs) This will not be the last time this gets mentioned. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. So we've said quite a lot about attending conventions and and why you absolutely should attend conventions, but we don't want to take any more time away from your convention preparation. So we're going to wrap it up there. And uh, this is a good moment. All moments are good moments to remind you of our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. Now you can do everything from support us from one pound a week. (laughs) A A week, a week, a week. I feel free. Uh, Or you could go for Man in Pig which is early access to episodes and voting in episode polls. You can go Rats and Cats, where you can listen to outtakes and submit questions that will be answered on the pod. Or you can even go to Sixo's Butler, which is all of the above, as well as commissioning exclusive mini-sode topics from a list that we provide, or even suggest your own, and we'll take it on if we think it's, you know, if it's a good one, or we'll just ignore you all like we did recently and do our own. Uh, but yeah, you get access to those exclusive minisodes. We've got 27 of those or so now. That's loads of content. And you know, if you do enjoy that, please share it far and wide. The more people who sign up, the more content we can provide. And uh, post-TF Nation, there will be a big update to what we will be providing on Patreon. Can I mention that now? Please do. So exciting not to. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we've got to want to get it going, though, because we have set a date. We've kind of hinted at the fact that we might be doing uh, some new or a new tier uh, soon, because, you know, we have lots and lots of six hose butlers now. That's currently our top tier. And, you know, the big perk of that is that we do fortnightly mini-sodes. And we really kind of looked at, like, how are we going to do more than that or whatever? But I won't go into the full details now, but suffice it to say, there will be soon weekly content on our Patreon, in addition Mm -hmm. to the fortnightly public episodes that we are, you know, already obviously doing and that you're listening to now and soon will be, you know, going live a week prior on the Tuesday before as well on Patreon. There will then be new content every single Thursday on our Patreon. And that starts, well, I was going to say it starts on the 18th of August, but there's a mini-sode live on the 11th of August on that Thursday. So from the 11th of August, it's weekly content basically on our Patreon. Please check the uh, attached spreadsheet to this episode. Right, exactly. Yeah, there will be a, a spreadsheet uh, blast, you know, going around. You can all check that out. But we'll, we'll obviously publish more details, you know, better than I can explain it here, um, you know, uh, online. But there will be a new tier named Gold Box Classics. What else? Which we feel is yeah. a very exciting name. A brilliant suggestion from one of our butlers, actually. It was. It was a, it was a butler suggestion. We're dead excited about it. It's going to be a new top tier above six O's butlers, if you like. So hopefully we'll get, you know, people upgrading or just kind of coming in at that tier. There's, there's going to be more stuff to it as well, but that will be where you will be able to get that additional week's content. So uh, weekly exclusive content, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it's going to be a little bit more, again, we'll go into more detail another yeah. time, but a little bit more episodic in nature yeah. that in, in terms of like ongoing, you know, overarching things that we talk about. And if you are attending our panel at TF Nation on the Friday at 1700 hours, we will give you even more detail about what we're offering. Yeah. At that moment. Yeah. Dead exciting. Yeah. So speaking of Patreon perks, uh, we do have a patron question and this is from Chris Norris. And he asks, which is quite, you know, it's quite related to what we've been talking about today. I have a potential question for the podcast. Do you guys ever feel self-conscious about being a middle-aged toy collector? I'm 48 and sometimes I wonder when I will get too old to collect this stuff. 
I also sometimes feel weird telling people that I collect toys. So do we ever get self-conscious about this stuff? No, don't think I ever have. I would say not anymore. Yeah, I think I'm more in your camp, Maz, actually. I'm more in that camp. I think there definitely have been times where I have less so now. Um, I think I've sort of swung into it at this point and just kind of embraced it a little bit. I still, I still do sometimes get moments of like, you know, if people come around to the house or whatever, and, you know, people I don't know, which, of course, particularly with moving house, there's been quite a lot of opportunity for that uh, recently. You know, a lot of people suddenly up in your business or whatever that are like, oh, well, not the decorator. He knew who you were. Yeah, that was well, that was a funny old one. But you do you do get people that are like, you know, um, I think we had an electrician round at one point who was like, oh, holy hell, what's all this about? Do you know what I mean? And it, and it is kind of a weird moment sometimes. But I've I've learned over the years to just be like, yeah, this is what I do. Yep. And and to not to almost like steer into it, to just think yep. it, it's only funny or weird if I allow it to be or make yeah. it be. Whereas actually if I'm cool with it, who who gives a monkeys? Do you know what I mean? And and actually what I found is that people have a different kind of reaction to it if I'm that way. Yeah. Like I, I feel like actually people are more chilled about it if I'm just like, Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, they could still be freaked out. I still have yeah. people who are completely like, they'll mock it and they don't get it at all. And every time I see them, I'm like, have you bought any new toys? I'm like, yes, plenty. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I own it. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But I don't feel it was always this way. But today I can walk into the center of Reykjavik and there is a store dedicated to people like me. And I know that everyone I meet in that store is totally accepting what I do. And they are grown men and women, grown people, I should say buying toys for themselves for their kids just doing it as a family as a group of friends as anyone at all and conventions obviously help make this more normalized and you know there are tv shows it's just become much more part of the culture and, and even though i actually don't i'm not part of a of an extended family that is very accepting of this kind of thing and they actually find it really weird which is strange for me because my own family have always been quite accepting of it. So uh, I still very much feel comfortable in what I do. And obviously where I work, it's just part of the course. Wow. I've never felt like that at all. I've just always liked this stuff and, you know. Whatevs. Yeah, whatevs, Trevs. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not interested in what other people think, mate. It's, it's one of your greatest strengths. I mean, don't listen to those people who tell you to eat healthy. Forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> Stupid doctors, what do they know? Liam, Liam, what did you have for breakfast today? Today? That's my patron question. Was it, uh, what day is it? Was it the Monster Munch today? It wasn't just Monster Munch though, was it, mate? There were French fries too, weren't there? Was it Monster Munch and the French fries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's got potatoes in it, hasn't it? Whereas the Monster Munch are made of corn maize, so technically, <laughs> potatoes and corn. I don't know if you can have them things together. Two of your sure. five a day, eh? Yeah, there we go. See? I love how you badge this stuff when you like down to minus one with the cherry. All from coke. the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> made from cherries. It's unbelievable. Like, you'll have a Luc a Lucasade and claim it it's there? fruit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Lucasade. <laughs> oh dear, bless you. And of course, another perk uh, if you're a six hours butler is that you get a shout out on the show. So we have a thoroughly impressive rundown of butlers, and I'm going to start from the bottom this week and work our way upwards because. We're going to start with the Mapes Brothers, who you may recognize as key people behind TF Nation. So they get to start first this week. Thank you to the Mapes Brothers, Lucas Henkel, Shinsei, Ben Lewis, 
Harold the Barrel, Campbell, Tim Banerjee, Kyla Wilmoth, John Wood, Inbound Lee, Chuck Pierce, Nice Sideburns Andy, Jeffrey Freig, Danvastator, Cracktastic Plastic, Michael Cagle, Misha Kidd, David Nabby, Josh Ulls, Simon Elvin, Jack Hoberg, Andy Gold, Billy Gator, TF Starfire, Aaron Svoboda, Jim Owen, Nexus, MKTronic, Yip, can I just say, this is very hard to do backwards, Jackson Arwood, Jesse Moreno, Chris Norris, Shenry, Peter Hammerson, Vegemite Mike, Puma the Hunter, Lazerbeek, Amar, Stuart Webb, Rotorstorm, Jack Pelletier, Phil G, Captain R.A., Alec Mir, Anthony Cast, Choicef, Cliff Zaras, John Pearl, Yusufa, Geo Kaiser, Absurd, Dave Danrupal, Justin Masaru, Bad Saturday, Stephen Perkins, Matt, Adam Shoemaker, Spider Father, Chris, Preston, Andy, Danny Roberts, and Nick. Thank you so much. What a list, even backwards. That was weird listening to you, to you doing that backwards. That was like, yeah, I was like, what? what's going on? We did actually get a question from Nick, who's first on the list, normally saying, when you add the new tier and I upgrade, will I still be first on the list? And the answer is yes, Nick, you will. I'd just like to say as well, I'm looking forward to seeing so many of those people at TF Nation because there are so many people there. I know. Nice side burns, Joshals, so many of those people. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. And not just the butlers, but but all of the patrons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we should say just a special thank you to the Mapes Brothers this time around just for organizing the whole thing. Because what a, excuse my language, brilliant job they do just absolutely yeah. incredible organization and i don't know from one fan to another thank you for doing it yeah yeah not every convention gets the amazing press that they do but theirs is deserved yeah really just top guys and brilliant job and speaking of thanks we should also say that to our sponsor for the evening that is tfsource.com so do check them out for all your transformers and third party needs they continue to sponsor the pod and we appreciate it so do go and check them out and remember, if you do want to turn up to our panel at TF Nation wearing all of the fine fashions of Triple Takeover branded merchandise, you can find it at rebel.com forward slash people forward slash Triple Takeover forward slash explore. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can come and check us out at, at Triple Takeover on Facebook and at Triple underscore Takeover on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to interact with us before TF Nation and ask us about anything, just find us there. But if you want to find each of us on our own social media, Maz, where can they find you? I am at TF Square One on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Sixo? I am at Sixo TF on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon. And I'm at Toybox Oatbox. Anyway, there's an at. And if people want to spot us at TF Nation, how can they spot you, lads? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sliding down the bar. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Face down. <laughs> yeah. Sixo will be haggling one pound on a, on a G1 sandstorm or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's probably accurate. So episode 35's closing ceremony is almost done. And the next time you'll see us, if you've bagged a Friday ticket for TFN, we'll be on stage. And as we've said all along, what could possibly go wrong? Ready? Where's the convention spirit, lads? Are you ready? Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Okay. Wait. Ah. That's it. There we go. That's the reception you're getting. <laughs> That's us. When we walk on stage. <laughs> As Road Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm making that joke today. I'm making that joke.